You're listening to The Bizarro Files, a Scarlet Rhapsody podcast. I wear your granddad's clothes. I look incredible. I'm in this big old coat from that thrift shop down the road. Hey, he wears your granddad's clothes. That's right. He looks incredible. I do. He's in that big old coat it's from that thrift shop hey, down the road. Let's go. I'm gonna pop some tags. Only got $20 in my pocket. I, I, I'm hunting, looking for a come up. This is super Welcome to the Bizarro Files. We are back, of course, because something nerdy happened. Not that convention thing in San Diego. No, something more important. Something that took over the entire country on Wednesday. It consumed us all like a rabid monster from the ocean. Yes, I'm talking about Sharknado 2, the second one. Do they really have to call it the second one? That is the best (laughs) subtitle ever. The second one, exactly. <laughs> uh, with me, of course, is uh, Ali May of our staff, uh, the Plum Girl, and we have our producer lady, Miss Scarlet. Welcome, ladies, to the show. It's rare for me to actually have two female co-hosts, so I'm going to make the most of this by dancing. <laughs> Which is not picking up on the microphone. No, it is not. So I could just totally be pulling off the coolest dance moves you've never seen before. And you can't see it because it's recorded. (laughs) But yeah, we we all watched the awesomeness that is Sharknado 2. And I I guess I'll kind of begin on this one. I was a little... When when they first said they were going to do a sequel, I was like, oh, there they're going. You know, this first one did was fun and cheese... You know, like it was a regular asylum flick. For those who have seen a lot of asylum flicks, like me, it it was basically kind of par for the course. But it was fun because of the weird. Of, okay, here's the easiest way to put it. For those who don't know the asylum, they do movies like Two Headed Shark Attack, The Mega mm-hmm. Shark versus Insert Other Giant Animal, um, and a lot of <laughs> Mega like Shark. Mega Shark, yes. Um, and they do a lot of uh, rip-off movies like uh, The Amazing Thor and uh, Hansel and Gretel versus Witches, uh, Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies. Um, shoot, what are some of the other ones? I've There's done? a term for it. It's called mockbusters. Yes, mo- they make basically mockbusters, which they're not the originators of that. They've been making those since the 70s. Uh, just go look up any Italian film. Uh, there are Italian versions of just about everything that was a big hit in the 70s. And there are also, I think, Brazilian and to an extent even Filipino versions of these things. So, And possibly other countries that I'm just not as fluent in the cinema of. But Italy has a ton of rip-off movies of Mad Max and Rambo and stuff like that. They loved doing their own little rip-off versions. Heck, zombie, uh, the movie Zombie and Zombie 3 are both rip-offs of Dawn of the Dead. So, fun fact there. Basically, as, as me and my friends have learned over the years of watching these various movies, is there's three types of asylum, fil- asylum films. The ones where all the actors are taking it way too seriously, which makes it... Easy to mock, but not an enjoyable watching experience because of how cheesy everything is around them and they're taking it too seriously. The one where no one takes it seriously at all and they're all just like, oh no, there's a giant transmorpher. We better (laughs) shoot at it. And you're like, oh, come on, guys. At least put out some effort. But you get the middle ground. The half the cast really cares and half the cast is probably wasted. Those ones turn out awesome. 
uh, the original Sharknado was in that category. You could tell that uh, in Ian Ziering or Ian Ziering, I'm not quite sure. I think it's Ian is how he pronounces it. Ian Ziering, uh, John Hurt, uh, whoever the Australian guy. You could tell that they were just having a heck of a time, just playing off their playing off the stupid situation. And a lot of the other actors in it were taking it a little more seriously. Um, you know, and, and it just kind of made this nice balance of people who were not taking it seriously, people who were just outright bad actors, and people taking it seriously. And it makes this perfect little movie, you know, where you can have fun making fun of the silly special effects and the dumb scenario and the bad dialogue and fun lines like, now I hate sharks too. So, And you also have like those awesomely, awesomely awesome that like, if you guys seen the first Sharknado, when he confronts the shark with the chainsaw. Oh my gosh, that's so epic. Yeah. Everyone loves that sequence. <laughs> and not only killing the shark from the inside out, but also rescuing the gal that it ate earlier. Yeah, and the thing is, when he's like coming out from that shark, it kind of looks like he's being reborn or something, with all like the blood and everything coming out from the stomach. It's just like... <laughs> Shark birth. <laughs> and I get the feeling that he looked over the script and said, I'm not doing this. And then someone was like, did we say that you could just get swallowed by a shark and cut your way out for the chainsaw? And then I can just imagine you and go like, I'm in. Let's do this. Yep. Like he was just, just in it for that scene. Mm-hmm. So when they announced it too, I was like, oh, okay. Strike with iron's hot. Can't give you minus points for that. But what are you guys going to do? A, a shark Kano? Is it going to be some sort of other shark <laughs> na- you know, event? Yeah. All these sharks got sucked into a volcano, but the volcano is about to erupt. You know, Are you going to go on that level? Is it going to be like shark blizzard? And it's like, I eat frozen sharks are attacking people. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, we're just going to make it Sharknado 2. And I'm like, oh, more of the same. I don't know, guys. You better you have like a lot to lot to live up to of doing the cheesy flying sharks shtick, and yet I think they succeeded at doing a, a fun sequel. Uh, Ian Ziering does return as a Finn. Oh, God, what's his last name of the character? It's number Finn. He's yeah, but Finn. it's Finn because you know shark pun, and he's visiting his family in New York. And wouldn't you know it, New York is getting a Sharknado 2. Actually, they're getting two, two EF2 tornadoes that join together to form an EF5 tornado. Or Sharknado, I guess. Thanks, Al Roker. <laughs> I just like the scene of like the two Today Show hosts. Oh my god, yeah. With um, Al Roker, and I forgot who the other guy was. Yeah, and, Al Roker was perfect. And Al Roker, it looks like, it's a Sharknado. It's a Sharknado. And the other guy's like, it's a Shark Tornado. No, he says Shark Storm. <laughs> it's a Sharknado, guys. He, he says Shark Storm, and Al Roker's like, Sharknado. And, you, like, and shark then you look storm. in the back of some of these scenes where they're talking about the weather like by the hour and if if you know me well enough i i tend to look at the weather by the hour as since i lived in i since i moved to boston because like okay you never know when the snow's gonna hit and then when i was looking at the weather by the hour in the background like this weather lady she's like yeah we're having falling sharks at two o'clock i'm like what is this just a thing in this universe that sharknadoes are just like um, like what? Arctic's, Ar- Arctic freezes? Yeah, it's just, <laughs> oh man, we're getting another Sharknado. God. The funniest part is they actually had the symbols, like in the logos. Little like, sharks the on the map. It's like, oh look, uh, it looks like there's a Sharknado. It's just like the sharks. It's like, like a thing now. It's like a polar <laughs> vortex. <laughs> I just, just as soon as she does the whole like, we're, we're going to be 
uh, the sharks will be falling at a rate of two inches per hour. And I'm like, doesn't seem like a lot. Like, if that was rain, that'd be a lot. But, like, sharks are pretty big. So, you know. Yeah. It doesn't seem like we're going to get overwhelmed by numbers. Yeah. But I love the fact that apparently in the Atlantic Ocean, there's just thousands of sharks that all get unlucky enough to get sucked up into tornadoes. (laughs) Yeah. But this time they actually uh, varied it up with the sharks. We saw a hammerhead and a leopard shark. There was a nurse shark. There was... many more sharks. A lot more variety. There's a lot of diversity in sharks with this. So all you SJWs on Tumblr saying there wasn't enough diversity in this movie, F you. Yeah. Tons of different types of sharks. And... Selena's factor was was up there. You get uh, uh, sky surfing on a shark. You get mm-hmm. using a shark as a kind of a little uh, leap pad. Yep. You got walking on sharks. With shark. <laughs> <laughs> Just so the guy could have that one line. Oh Just for that one payoff. <laughs> You just you get a lot. They got a lot of the silliness, and they did a pretty good job at trying to uh, at least match the quality of the first one. Yeah. Um, even a little callback. I'm not going to spoil it, but there is a, near the end of the movie. There's kind of a callback sequence to the first movie, which I thought was very amusing, although super predictable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just like a lot of the kind of New York jokes they were kind of making in there, like I need a chainsaw chainsaw you're not gonna find a chainsaw in manhattan i mean maybe if you go down to jersey but god who'd want to do that and you're like typical new york jokes there you go and we don't sell any weapons in new york one could find guns i was like oh yeah but you can't get guns but then like toward the end everyone had guns well they had like police people showing up and stuff so i assume the police were just handing guns out to people i guess that was what was going on and then like you had like the two two people like in the supporting cast like yeah let's load up these um super stokers with napalm yeah like that's how it works those things are melted the super soaker flamethrower i want that for christmas what are you talking about I was wondering when they're gonna pull that out too, because he's like, I have a bit. He's like, I don't think we're, this is gonna help us because holding up a little napalm can. Because apparently, you could buy canned napalm at, in New York. I can't can't buy a gun. You can't buy a chainsaw, but you can get napalm just in case you need to light something on fire that water will not quench out. Mm-hmm. And then and then the, the kid is just like, Don't worry, I have a plan. And just holds up like the freaking super soaker, and I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait for the payoff of this. Like, I know it's going to be awesome, and I can't wait for it. And, spoiler folks, it is awesome. <laughs> flamethrower, Super Soaker Flamethrower does turn out to be pretty awesome. I actually did like the um, beginning of the movie where it's, like, on the plane, because it's a callback to a classic episode of The Twilight Zone. Because Jared and I, we were, like, making jokes when we were watching, like, like what was the line again as Jared sips his Lipton? <laughs> Oh, well, because for those who don't know, in the original, if you've seen the Simpsons episode uh, that parodies it, there is a classic Twilight Zone episode where a passenger's on an airplane and he sees a little gremlin monster thing like chewing away at one of the wings and is freaking out and no one believes him. One of the versions of this, I believe, was William Shatner. So I had to do the line in like the -the over-the-top William Shatner voice of, oh no, there's something on the wing, a monster on the wing. You gotta believe me. And, and I'm like, but they're not gonna go that. And then they totally did. And I was like, yes, you did the monster in the wing thing. That's awesome. And then I'm just watching like, wait, sharks can like just fly and just like jam up the turbines? Up there. Which is weird because they shoot like uh, chickens, not live folks. They shoot the like 
Farmer John or whatever, poultry farms, big old like chicken you'd fry up in your oven. They launch those into the turbines to make sure that if the bird gets sucked in there, it's not gonna break the turbine. Shark's a lot bigger than a bird though, so I don't I don't I think that probably actually would break the turbine. <laughs> but then the, their bones are cartilage though, which would be cut through easier. I don't know, I'm torn on this one. But I'd still think that it probably would at least jam it. Like it probably wouldn't make it explode like it did in the movie, but it would probably jam it at least. But yes, I love them flying the airplane through the beginnings of uh, of the Sharknado. And I was so sure it was going to be played off as like a dream sequence. I like thought then, so too. The plane was going to crash and then Finn was going to wake up. And he's like, oh, oh, I keep having nightmares about sharks ever since the, the first Sharknado. Thankfully, there won't be a second one. You know, and then they're going to land in New York and then, oh, God, a second one. You know, but no, it, it's just that is actually what happened. They, yep. they, they get attacked by sharks in air. In the airplane. The weirdest thing, too, is, like, how did they not, like, get a warning about this earlier? I feel like, like, a Sharknado is something you'd notice before, you know, and they'd be like, oh, you know, flight, whatever number it was, you should probably avoid this, you know. We got a Sharknado coming in at, uh, at, uh... 234 bearing 234 on you so you know make a uh, make a veer to the uh, southeast a little bit there yeah <laughs> avoid the, the shark nato that could be dangerous and it's like mayday mayday oh no and it's too late and then a wing gets ripped off and it's just like oh well then <laughs> it's gonna crash no plane's gonna crash i feel like that kind of crash like everyone was like unharmed <laughs> other than the people who got eaten by sharks who well, flew yeah, through yeah, the plane yeah, yeah. There's weird little things they set up that I was like, that's the payoff of that? Uh, for example, they have, they have a lady who goes into the uh, restroom, and yeah. then she's just killed by a shark. And like, a shark, like, bites half of, like, her head, plus I think her torso off. It's like, yeah. oh no. It just falls down on her and just, like, chomps her in half. Chomp, chomp. And, and then his ex-wife gets, like, well, her name, April. She yeah. gets, like, her hand, like, chomped off. Uh, While shooting at sharks. Yep, with a, with a gun. I like the line that she says, it's like... When I saw that shark with a scar, it's like, it remembered me. It was like it was coming for me. And he's like, no, 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 no. If it knew who you were, it would have come for you. Uh. And, and the thing is, when they said that line, uh, for those familiar with this movie, in Jaws 4, the premise is the Brody family in part one and two killed so many, killed like several, you know, they killed the original Jaws and they killed like two Jawses. I guess Jaws' kids, let's assume, in, in part two, right? So that's three Great Whites they've killed. So Great Whites are now hunting the Brody family. That is the plot of part four. They take a vacation to Jamaica, I think it's Jamaica or something like that, somewhere in the Bahamas, and then like a bunch of Great Whites just like start hunting down on the Bahamas because it wants to kill the Brody family. Like Great White Sharks just have a vendetta against the Brody family. That's why Jaws 4 is terrible, folks. But it has Mario Van Peebles, which makes it worse. I thought they were gonna go that direction. Like, oh, the sharks like know that you stopped the first Sharknado and now they want revenge. And I was so sure it was gonna become a plot point. It did not. It was just another, apparently they just have them, Sharknados. The, the people reporting it are so calm about it. They're just like, yep, a Sharknado's coming, folks. So just make sure to stay indoors, you know, stay away from your windows in case they crash through and you'll be okay. You know, it's just like, was this a common occurrence? <laughs> Uh, and, but, and then they reveal that April wrote a book about their experiences called Surviving a Sharknado. And it's, it's like a bestseller. It's a bestseller. And they're like huge, hugely, at least moderately famous people. And I'm like, so then there have to be enough Sharknados for the survival guide to sell, right? <laughs> like, there has to be enough of a, an audience going like, okay, well, what do we do here? 
And it just, I'm just like, if, if you told me, if my friends from LA just gave me a call today and say, dude, Sharknado just hit us, I'd be like, no, it didn't. You're so full of crap. That didn't happen. And if I saw news footage online, I'm like, this is an onion story. This is all fake. Let's move on, folks. If you're Sharknados. <laughs> like, I feel like that's the direction they, that I guess as I as a writer would have gone. Like, no one believes him. You're crazy talk if you're Sharknados. You know, the sky's falling and the sky's made of sharks. <laughs> Whatever. But no, everyone's just like totally no, these these things happen the mayor of New- that's how famous he was like everyone knew who he was like the yeah. taxi driver is just like oh my god you're that guy you know, like that. he's the chainsaw against the sharks Let's yeah. Yeah, he actually references how he fought the sharks there are like so many many like memorable like side characters in this movie but sadly they get killed off so fast yeah i still like the baseball guy the baseball guy was oh, awesome the baseball guy up and then, and then, uh, then Beardo, who gets the giant oversized baseball bat, which I was like, all right, I can't wait to see them. Oh, yeah, he dies too. Poor Beardo. I'll call you not Zach Galifianakis. Because he has the, he looks like Zach Galifianakis from those Hangover movies. Uh, but yeah, and then the taxi driver guy was fun. And I wanted him to like make it like, dude, you can make it. You could swing to the other side. Like, aww. <laughs> And then there is one scene where they're in this hotel, which uh, was not shot in a hotel, clearly, but it's supposed to be a hotel. And there's just this guy at the desk who's just sitting there. And and he's just an extra who's just at, he's not doing anything. And I'm like, guy at the desk, are you going to say anything? Is, is any of this phasing you? You just look like you're just chilling behind that desk. Like, yeah. uh, more people here at this hotel that's clearly not a hotel and obviously an office building, but whatever. <laughs> No, there's like some moments when there are people in the background who, I don't know if they're extras or they're just random people, but they're just like standing there or like they didn't seem to notice there were like, you know, sharks falling everywhere, you know, scenes when they're outside. Yeah. Like the people in the front were obviously running or screaming or whatever, but there's some people in the back who are just like, there. I'm just like, are you not concerned about the sharks? <laughs> It, it's really odd. It's like, did you not give direction to all the extras? Or are those just, like, random people doing their really regular day-to-day stuff? And they see all these, yeah. like, people running and screaming, like, what? I know, there's some people who are just not. Who are just, like, yep, yeah, just, like, on their phones. Like, I think it was one person once who was, like, texting or something. It was just like, okay. Because, uh. look, obviously the sharks are CG'd in, so you wouldn't see them falling and what have you. But at the same time, it's one of those things where I'm like, come on, extras, come on. If you're going to get your little 50 bucks an hour or whatever, the least you can do is freaking run around and scream. Mm-hmm. But also because they CG all the sharks, it allows them to have fun moments where they're swinging a sword and cutting a shark in half, or they're using the chainsaw um, or, or whatever other weapons they have. And they can just go buck wild with it because they have to CG how the shark gets hit. You know, it's not the actor's issue. The actor can kind of do whatever they want. And while that makes things a little weird for an actor, I imagine, like, okay, yeah. now take this prop gun and just start spraying praying into the air. We'll just draw the sharks you're, you're shooting. You know, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, tie sharks. You know, but at the same time, then it just looks awesome when a guy's pulling out a machine gun and just shooting, there's some cop guy shooting a machine gun in the air and you're just like, or military, whatever he was. And I'm like, Dude, they can just machine gun a bunch of flying sharks. <laughs> I, if I if I was that guy, I, I would save a clip of that and I would play it. I'd put it on my phone or something and I'd just play it for whoever I met. Like, oh, excuse me, 
I'm this guy in, in Sharknado 2. <laughs> I, just, I just played for me. I was like, you're, dude, you, you don't see the face of it, but shoots a machine gun at sharks? I'm like, yes. I'm guy in, like, National Guard outfit who shoots a bunch of sharks. <laughs> I would say in terms of uh, lines, I don't remember too many lines that I felt were on that same memorable level as the previous movie. But moments, I think they, they did pay off with moments a bit better than they did with lines. Because mm. the first movie you have, uh, my mom always said Hollywood would kill me. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> gotta keep my stool. And uh, now I hate sharks too. Yeah, the gotta keep my stool one was one of my favorites. <laughs> And, uh, what was it? Uh, Finn, what are you doing here? We gotta get out of here. There's a bunch of sharks coming. What? Sharks? I like that scene in the pizza place where, like, this shark just falls on the oh, guy's no, counter. The just yeah. starts stabbing it. And then into the oven you go. <laughs> shark pizza. I would totally shark eat shark pizza. pizza. Oh my god. Uh, and then they even have a little scene where the uh, Today Show gets attacked by one of the sharks and they just start stabbing at it. Oh, it was so funny. Uh, and they're just like, no, you'll return back to your regular scheduled programming where it was, they said. It was yeah. really funny. It's like, meanwhile, as they try to kill the sharks. Oh, yes. Back to your Schedule, whatever. Well, the Sharknado's over. We're just killing the full falling sharks. Yeah. Oh, and then the live with Kelly thing when the sharks are like falling into the studio. And she yeah. like heals a hammerhead. Yeah. She like stabs it with her stiletto. It's like, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and you gotta love the fact that they actually, you know, had the cameos that they had. Even Andy Dick's there for one line as a random police officer. And I think they had the subway guy um, do a line too, because yeah. like there was like a lot of product placement. Yes, they, in they this had, one. They have Jared from Subway saying something about eating fresh. <laughs> subway, eat fresh. Yeah. I uh, also like when they were in Times Square, like when Vivica Fox's character, like, yeah, I'm gonna go grab some toys. I'm like, so you get to see the Mega Toys R Us and see what they can use. Alas, <laughs> well, we did not. Yeah. I, the Mega Toys R Us in Times Square, but if you notice carefully, the bag that she's holding is not a Toys R Us bag, it's their sound alike for this universe. It's called YOLO R Us or YOLO B Us or something. Yeah, it was something like that. It's hard to see, but the fact that they actually took the time to make the proper bag for her is kind of cool. Uh, it's a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. I also like when they're that whole um, building siege is like on the bottom floor, you have like the sharks in the water, and then you have the raining fire sharks. <laughs> it was at that moment, like, oh my god, this is awesome. Yeah. So, like I said, the lines maybe not as memorable, but so many really fun moments like that that make this a fun watch. It definitely has, like, a lot of rewatchability quality to it, just like the first one. Because I think, like, I watched the first one a couple of times. Um, I usually like to have that as, like, my background to, like, just sew stuff because it's just so fun. It's just like, ah, I love this movie. And this one's like, yeah, what am I watching it over again? Just leave, leave it as my default, need something in the background while I'm working kind of movie. And, uh... For those wondering, yes, Tara Reid still sounds completely high out of her mind. <laughs> and is still, yes, the worst actor in the entire movie. Oh, just some... You think, like, okay, so the first movie she obviously wasn't taking it seriously, but the first movie became a hit, so you'd think in the second movie she'd be like, okay, I'll act this time. Nope. <clears throat> just like, I need to go with you. No, you need to stay here. But I should go with you. And, and help you. Last time I didn't help you. And I'm like, oh. 
And the one person in this whole movie who isn't even attempting to be either bad or over the top. You're just... Those are the words, right? Okay, I will say them. It's like, emote, damn it, emote! You are not a robot. You are a human being, as far as I can tell. Or she's a very sophisticated android that needs an emotion chip. I'm not quite sure here, but... like. <laughs> Even Data raised his voice once or twice, damn it. <laughs> so, I mean, but other than that, a lot of fun characters and yeah, like the little pizza shop scene that just, just, just there, just, I need, I need your propane. <laughs> okay, go blow up those sharks. I love the uh, character, the actor who played the mayor of New York, who calls himself the mayor of New York. He just walks up to Finn and he's like, I'm the mayor of New York. And <laughs> Finn, anything you want, you have. And I'm like, I love how the mayor of New York, I, if I had a position like that, I would start doing that to people. If I was like, I don't know, the uh, the mayor of Boston or something, I just walk up to people like, I'm the mayor of Boston. And I say, you should buy me a Slurpee at 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I just, but again, every sentence to everyone I knew as I am the mayor of, like I would just totally do that. Also, they had like that truck full of chainsaws, and like this guy was just like turning the chainsaws on, just like just lifting up to the sky, like, dude, what happens when that meets the ground? Yeah, it's great, real well and good that it's being chucked up and hopefully killing sharks or something. But yeah, it's gonna fall on someone or fall on a car, or who knows what. But I love the fact that they just had a stockpile of chainsaws. Like, Sharknado's coming, get a bunch of chainsaws. That's what kills them. <laughs> and still, I do love Vivica Fox with, with the sword, just sword slashing through sharks. And I'm like, yes, you're actually going to do something in this movie. It's so much better than Independence Day where you sat around. She was useful in a few scenes in Independence Day. She, she, she saved out Boomer. First, she saved Boomer and she hung out with the uh, First Lady. She saved First Lady. Yeah. Also, First Lady still died. Like she, didn't save so she, her. she saved her from dying in that the wreckage. wreckage. Yeah, that's true. So that she could at least see her husband and her daughter one last time. Yes. Uh, she never had like that big of a career, did she? I think the last one she did after that was like uh, there's a movie about the Temptations, and she did Set It Off, which was a urban chick flick, and that was about it. And I know she had a couple TV shows that didn't last more than a couple episodes over the years. That's sad. I, I never, I kind of liked her. I thought she was, in, she did great in Independence Day, and it's probably the only real movie I know her from, but I know her from something else. I know her some other movie of hers I've watched, but she'd never, you know, she never seemed like, a, she was a pretty decent actress, pretty lady, uh, had some pretty good witch. She pulled off some of those cheesy lines in Independence Day very well. You know, considering some of the stupid things she has to say to Will Smith, I mean, she, she pulled those off pretty well. And we also had uh, Mark McGrath, uh, the one guy from the 90s, as the other guy. He's from Entertainment Tonight. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> well, took over for John Tesh. It is so sad that I know that. <laughs> it's just been a while since I've watched Entertainment Tonight, because I don't watch... because well, Extra is TV. way better. For the longest Wait, time, was he the host of Extra? I think he was either Extra or Access Hollywood because he looks like more of an NBC person than. Okay. Well, oh, whatever. It's one night. of those shows. I know it's one of those like pre TMZ uh, entertainment shows. He was the host for a while, or still is. Um, I think there was some, probably a few more other little cameos in there, but there were a lot of cameos. But to be honest, I actually did know that many of them and when i was watching with my mom my mom kept pointing them out and i was like oh i feel so bad i don't know any of these people 
Which ones did your moms know? She knew a lot, like, you know the, um, apparently the guy from Shark Tank, wasn't it? Oh, I, I didn't watch Shark Tank. in New York City with the briefcase, and then, like, the Lady Liberty squished him. Oh, yeah. The head squished him. My mom said he's, like, the guy from Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And also the taxi driver guy was from Taxi. Oh, was he really? Yeah, that's what my mom said. She's like, oh, that's the guy from Taxi, and he's a taxi driver. Yeah, well, so most of the actors in Taxi were taxi well, drivers. Good thing you're here, because I would not have known. I didn't, I didn't realize that, you know, see, I bet if I had looked up the IMDb, I'd be like, oh my gosh, he's from Taxi. That's very ironic. <laughs> uh, but at the same point, they could have gotten Tony Danza to play that role. Yeah. Wow, you look like Tony Danza. Yeah. Look mm. like. <laughs> in fact, there, there was a sequence where the cab driver says, hey, if they make a movie of your life, I could play you. And he says, like, if there's a movie of my life, I'll play me. And the one thing, I was like, no, no, the line should have been, if there's a movie of my life, I want to be played by that handsome Ian Ziering guy. He's awesome. That should have been the line, because then it blew everyone's mind. Go, like, wait, so Ian Ziering exists in this universe with Finn, and they just happen to look exactly the same? <laughs> oh, my God. But alas, they did not. They just said, I'll play me. And I'm like, yeah, good enough. Good enough. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a... I, I was pleasantly surprised. I was worried that it was just going to be like, I don't know. Usually, when you have like sequels to really cheesy movies, it's not it's not the fun kind of cheese as the original was. Like, uh, it's Sith the Rubble, I guess. That's usually the typical reaction. I think the thing is, is that they set out initially to make kind of a cheesy movie. So when you're making a sequel and they're just setting out and doing the same thing again versus some of those other movies, like if somehow Tommy Wiseau decided to do a Room 2 or a Room prequel, it wouldn't be the same as The Room because he's self-aware now. He's, he's aware of what people liked about The Room and would just basically throw in way too many nods to that, I think. And... You know, or, or Birdemic, or Troll 2, or whatever kind of, like, over-the-top cheesy movie you want to throw in there. If they tried to make a sequel, they'd be like, oh, well, we tried to make the first movie good, so uh, no one seemed to respond to that, so we'll just we'll just make this movie just as cheesy as the first one. And then when you try to do intentional cheese, it doesn't come out as well. And that's what I was afraid of. But since the first one was intentional cheese, they didn't send into Sharknado going, this will be like an action movie that will that will set new records. And no, they said, hey, you know, it'd be awesome if there was like a tornado of sharks and some dude with a chainsaw like was fighting them on the ground while like his son was throwing bombs into the tornadoes. And you're like, yeah, yeah, let's make that. Like, that's how that was created. So. You can't take that too seriously, and thankfully, when they're like, let's do a sequel, let's just try to make things even more over the top, and let's just, you know, face it like just a brand new movie, and they did. Which is why it is so watchable and fun, because, you know, they were self-aware to begin with, so it wasn't one of those things where, oh, now they're self-aware. They were, you know, clearly most of the cast in the first movie were in on the joke, or in on the, this is stupid and silly, because obviously this would never happen. And that's kind of the same thing you get out of uh, this movie, too. And the cameos of, I guess, of a bunch of actors and stuff who were like, hey, I, that was a fun movie. I'd love to be in a, that. Can I just get eaten by a shark in, like, ten minutes into the movie? And they're like, yeah, sure, <laughs> knock yourself out. <laughs> it, it was like I was saying, like, I would love to be an extra in this movie because either, either I'm going to be running from a shark, being eaten by a shark, or killing a shark. A shark. <laughs> 
Like it, it's like no matter what happens, like it's just gonna be a fun day as an extra. Yeah. And then I can always show people. I just might see a sharknado. Oh, shark fell. A, a whale shark just crushed me. Oh no! I love how people explode upon impact. Like when the shark falls and then they just like explode. <laughs> I just love how like this shark's like natural state of being that it's violent and it's hostile towards anything it sees. It's so funny though. <laughs> Remember that one like baby shark, a really small shark that like attached itself to Finn and someone's just like, oh, the thing's on you. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh look, it pulls it off. <laughs> Just tosses it aside like nothing. I know, it's like, did you not feel it bite you? Like, you look small. I feel like it hurt if it bit you. It's... Ugh. Sharks, though. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where technically they they probably could go for a third, and I think I'd be fine with it. They, it totally be cool, but to be honest, they actually did greenlight a third. Did they? Is that announced? Yeah, they uh, just announced a third one uh, just oh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. How are they going to choose a new city now? I wonder where they're going to go to. First yeah. was LA, second was San Francisco. It has to... I mean, San Francisco, uh, New York, rather. Um, San Francisco's an option if they want to go back to California. Mm-hmm. They could use Miami. Oh yeah, they could use Florida. Oh, it could be really fun if they use. Well, there they are half like Jersey Shore Shark Attack, but they could go to Jersey Shore. <laughs> that was done by uh, Asylum as well. Um, mm, Jersey Shore Shark Attack. Yes. I Otherwise, um, hmm. oh, they could, could go, go to Houston. The US? Like, what about other countries? Oh, uh, they could go to, yes. Sharknado's only in the U.S.? Like, really? <laughs> Exclusively in the United States. Finally, we're in London. There's no way we'll ever get, oh, no. <laughs> I know, Sharknado is in London. And, like, oh, my God. They could redo the Ferris wheel terror because, you know. I love the first London one. <laughs> <laughs> Got got Finn battling on top of uh, Big Ben, battling oh against God, yeah. with the clock tower, just like hanging on to like the minute hand or something. Yeah, I was like the Sharknado was like spinning around. <laughs> yeah. oh my God, I mean, it's it's too bad Paris is a little too inland. That would be kind of fun just to you know. It'd be really funny if it went from like London to Paris somehow. Like if it hit two cities at once before they stopped it. <laughs> the only problem is that those cities are so far apart that like. The thing is, like it's Sharknado though. Like that's really, true. They can defy logic. They can have it go, you know, that yeah. far. It'll be fun if they do it in London, because then I'll make my jokes I used to make with uh, um, Doctor Who, Who all the time in uh, the uh, early versions of the uh, new series, which is, my god, it's amazing how much London looks exactly like Cardiff, because <laughs> they <laughs> shot it in Cardiff, which uh, for those who don't know is the capital of Wales, but it's, because it's just less expensive. It's like shooting, oh, it takes place in LA, but we shoot it in Vancouver. You know, it's, it's, it's that kind of a thing. And I'm just like, it's amazing how, how similar those two places look. <laughs> also, when you were watching um, Sharknado Part 2, Jared, you mentioned like how obvious some California types of um, tropes were for a New York movie. Yeah, they had, they had some people who clearly had California, if you want to call it an accent. No one, almost no one was attempting a New York accent in this. I don't know they if they did. Hear it, so. if, I don't know if they didn't have like New York actors or. I don't know how that how that happens because if you're going to shoot and some of it was clearly shot in New York some of it was clearly not um, but they shot enough in New York where you think they'd at least get a couple people freaking New York accents uh, some of the things clearly were not shot there in New York but it's not glaringly obvious it's not one of those things where it's like wait a second that's 
that's the Hollywood sign in the background. What's that doing there? You know, it's nothing like nothing that obvious. It, it would be like interior shots, which I'm fairly certain were not in New York and stuff like that. Um, and I'm fairly certain a lot of the stuff for the uh, Sprint Stadium or what is it? Or whatever, whatever the stadium where the Mets play. I think some of that was composite shots. A lot of that looked like composite shots. Because there's a lot of inconsistencies with the lighting of the g- actual game itself and like the close-ups in the stadium. Yeah, so there, there was probably a little bit of uh, compositing with that. But, but you know, when they're going around New York, it looks like New York to me. Uh, I, granted, I never lived there. I visited once for like a week, so or maybe a little less than a week. So I, I don't know. For all I know, it was the New York, New York, and Vegas. <laughs> uh, but it looked like New York to me. And there's the, the things that got to me were like, oh, let's go to this hotel. And by hotel, I mean clearly an office building. <laughs> <laughs> it looks nothing like a hotel. Just like, nope. <laughs> An office building who can get flooded amazingly fast. <laughs> Or rather, a hotel that can be flooded amazingly fast. I'm like, look, that water actually does have to like go onto the other floors. It wouldn't just go straight up a staircase. It's <laughs> not how water works. It would start leaking into the various floors. Also, the fact that you see them in that same one, they get into the elevator and it shows it going up to like the 60th floor so they can be on the roof. Then they run down the stairs and meet up with the other characters on like the fourth floor. And I'm like, holy moly, you ran down 56 flights of stairs really fast while getting chased by flaming sharks. (laughs) The flaming sharks, though. (laughs) And like, clearly your continuity person forgot the fact of how tall this building is supposed to be. I know. That's, that's part of the fun. That's like going through the first movie and like, hey, it's stormy. Now it's not. Now it's stormy. Now it's like not. The house on a hill in the first movie that got flooded and then they go downhill and it's like less flooded. It's like, why? <laughs> uh, it's fun to point out all the random, you know, like discrepancies in, this, in these movies. Yeah. Like not just Sharknado, Sharknado 2, but also like the other Asylum films. Mm. Uh, like, it's really bad. I spend way too much time watching these movies. <laughs> My favorite thing to do is uh, pointing out composite shots. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites is from the Hansel and Gretel uh, Witch Slayers or whatever they end up calling their Hansel I and Gretel movie. I haven't seen that one. It's, uh, it has Eric Roberts, who is one of my favorite B-movie actors. He is the older brother, I think, of Julia Roberts. He's been in like every TV show ever as, as some bit part. And he's been in a lot of really cheesy movies, including one of my favorite cheesy movies, Dead or Alive, based off the video game series. And I freaking love him in that movie. <laughs> but he's in that movie and he's supposed to be like the one who's gonna teach Hansel and Gretel how to kill witches. And throughout the entire movie, you see him just like peeking around corners, like he's just like stalking them. And he, the way he's like wobbling around, you can tell that he was probably fairly inebriated in some of those shots. But there's a point where he's teaching Gretel how to fight. And in it, you can tell that it's like dusk when it's his shot, and then it goes to her, and it's clearly like morning or daylight. And you can tell, not only is it different times of day, but you can clearly tell they were not even, there's no shot of the two of them together. It's, here's a shot of Eric Roberts, here's a shot of Gretel, Eric Roberts, Gretel. Like, it just cuts between the two of them. And I'm like, this is completely composite. Did they only have Eric Roberts for like an hour and they just quickly shot all his scenes? Or is this finally when they could get him to sober up enough to actually do lines? <laughs> like, I, I don't know, but either way, you could tell he was slurring some words and just, it, it was just such an amazingly amusing composite shot to me that I was just like, Bravo, guys, bravo. You have two actors interacting without actually being in the same room together 
and both of them are pulling it off as if they're actually interacting with the other person. So, bravo, guys. Bravo. <laughs> but I, I love those composite shot things, and I, and I love, of course, any actor in an asylum film who's being over the top or clearly, clearly is wasted. Uh, another one in the Jack and the Beanstalk one they did, there's this British sergeant guy who is just so over the top and so into his role that he just made that whole movie awesome for me. I was just like, this movie would be really stupid, except for the fact that Jack gets in a mecha to battle like a dinosaur. Because they don't fight giants, he fights dinosaurs, apparently. And... There's this British sergeant guy who's like, all right, man, get your guns and be real, man, and let's go shoot these monsters. And it was just like so over the top and so into his role. And I was just like, this this, and the mecha fight have basically made this movie fun for me. <laughs> but that's that's the fun of these movies. You, you can tell that they created the they create the, the movies they make for, well, one, they create them so Sci-Fi Channel has something cheesy to show on a midweek when they don't have any real programming of their own. And two, they do it because this would be funny. This would, this would be just amusing. I would love to be in one of their movies, even outside of their various shark movies. As much as I love the various shark attack movies and the Sharknado movies are awesome. You know, if, if, if someone came up to me and said, hey, do you want to be in the Asylum's ripoff of Guardians of the Galaxy? I'd be just like, yes, yes, I will be anything. You dress me up like an alien, some random human who's like, oh no, aliens, I hope the Guardians show up. Like, I'll do anything, just anything. Just let me have a role in this, please. You know, or or whatever they were doing. Um, I think the only Asylum movies I never really enjoyed are the found footage ones, because it just... It's just, I, I've already seen Blair Witch Project. I don't actually need to see this movie, thank you. I don't need to see a lot of bad acting and shaky camera work. I, I, I want something that actually looks like it was shot on a real camera, thanks. Not, not on someone's flip cam. Nothing against flip cams, folks. I use those to record stuff at conventions. They are the official camera of Scarlet Rhapsody for this time being, but uh, they're not what you make a movie out of. You use a real camera to make a movie, something that can be stabilized properly, and something that has more than like two hours or three hours or whatever of a recording space, something that doesn't record onto a memory stick, for God's sake. <laughs> like, but, you know, it's just, that's part of the fun, and oh man, I would love to. I don't know how you, how you, I don't know where they shoot the majority of their stuff, it looks like they shoot obviously a majority in LA because as we were going through like the really really fast credits, like oh they had had an LA unit. Well, like I said, some of it was probably not shot in New York, but they clearly also had a New York unit for at least some of it. So they might they may shoot at different locations. I figure they'll shoot wherever they can afford to. I think that's probably the proper answer. Oh, we need to do a movie where we're in space. Uh, let's go to Arizona and just shoot in the desert for a week. <laughs> All right, there. That's the alien planet for our Dune ripoff. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see the Asylum's Dune. That'd be awesome. No, no, we already have the original movie. That's that's almost the uh, Asylum's Dune. Oh, I love that movie. It's sidetracked on other movies, but... And yeah, I would love to. Like, I, I almost want to, like, look it up. Like, hey, how do I sign up to be an extra for your movies? I know, right? Are you shooting anything in the New England area? I will, 
I will travel via train and or bus to get to do a shoot, even if the money I make is just enough to cover traveling expenses. I don't care. Just let me let me be in some sort. Of, I'm obviously probably none of their major shark attack movies are. Those are probably all filmed in California where they actually have beaches. But you know, if you guys are doing. I don't know, you guys going out to, like, Western Mass to do, like, I don't know, Lord of the Rings ripoff? Because I will... Uh, can I can I do that? I'll, I'll play a orc or something. Like, I don't care. When you play an orc, here's a rubber mask we, we bought at, like, a... At a at a Target, and here's uh, some green overalls. Now go charge it at our actors. I'm like, okay. Oh, they shot you for CG arrow. Fall over. Okay. Well, Jared, thank you for the 15 minutes worth of work. <laughs> Would you like to play another orc? Yes, by all means. I'll just I'll play my play 10 orcs in the same scene. I don't care. <laughs> Let's do this. One I need to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to do that. That's on my list of things to do now. I'm gonna find out if they're shooting anything in the New England area, and I will. Make it my quest to be an extra in an asylum film. Good plan. That's a good bucket list thing. Hmm. Well, do either of you have any more thoughts about the awesomeness of uh, Chardonnay 2 or any uh, other asylum thoughts? Well, I guess I wish there were more giant snake movies from Asylum because I love snakes and I love watching their giant snake movies. Um, like, I think my favorite one is the Mega Python versus Gatoroid. That's a fun one. And it's just, like, so silly, I just can't. It's like most of the movie I'm just laughing. And the bad CGI, oh my god. Yeah, I keep forgetting, they do have all their snake movies, too. I, yeah. I've seen so many of their... Sh anything that has the word shark attack in it, I've basically seen it. Yeah. So There's, like, a Malibu shark attack one, too. Yeah. Yeah. Two-Headed is still one of my favorites, Two because... Two-Headed is hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God, Sharktopus. Sharktopus. Sharktopus like well, that wasn't Asylum, though. That was uh, Roger Corman. Mm. Uh, but Roger Corman is also one of my... I could go... We could do a whole Roger Corman episode. Oh God, um, yeah. After I force everyone yeah, to watch, I, look up, like, I always get the mixed up. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, and he's he's the master of doing the low budget stuff. He also did um, the Carnosaur movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Galaxy of Terror is one of his higher quality ones, which uh, some no name named James Cameron. I don't know. He did some boat movie in the '90s, but apparently this James Cameron guy was also involved in Galaxy of Terror. <laughs> and uh, I think Corman worked on the original Piranha movies as well. Oh, yeah, Piranha. And I know Asylum has done their own Piranha versions, too. Like, I think they did Giant Piranha something. Yeah, remember those one that I think Asylum did with Giant Piranhas that just kept growing and growing at a weird rate, and then they were going around eating people? Yeah. It was really strange. <laughs> and really awesome CG size inconsistencies. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another one. I don't know if it's Asylum or not, but there's another Piranha movie about this. Like, I don't understand how, how the logic works, but apparently it's like a piranha that is like prehistoric and then they thought it went extinct but apparently it came out from after an earthquake or something oh that does sound familiar i don't like, remember there was an earthquake that. that happened and unleashed all these prehistoric piranhas yeah. and everyone's freaking out and they're like eating a lot of people mostly teenagers on spring break like you know college students like oh, let's have fun like i don't know like water skiing and stuff and then piranhas are chomping on people <laughs> Yeah, and then a lot of the, it's just easier to shoot at the beach because I think the, your excuse for the actors is, hey, do you want to hang out at the beach for a couple days and yeah. make a movie? <laughs> I guess, it's, it's better than being out in the desert or being in a forest or something. 
Yep. Oh, and all the is this one from Asylum? The Sand Shark one. I don't know. I haven't seen that. I've only heard of it though. I it's never... really funny and it makes no sense. It's about sharks that swim through the sand. Like what? Sand. Are you like solid I remember, sand. I remember there was an you old jump, uh They like swim through the sand and you can see the fin through the sand. And then they like jump out. I think there's a... you when you're on the sand and they like dive back into the sand. It makes no sense. And I think there was a Saturday Night Live skit from, like, the Belushi era that also had that as well. Um, which is probably where they got the idea. But mm-hmm. no, no one had done it, so why not? Yeah. Um, and I also recently learned about Ghost Shark. Oh my god, Ghost Shark is so stupid. They're like, how am I only now hearing about Ghost Shark? I, I feel so disappointed. The same time I saw Sharknado 1, I think. Like, I saw Sharknado It, it came 1, out around the same and time. I Ghost Shark right after. Yeah, it, it came out around the same time. That's why it got overlooked by so many people. Because... Yeah, I saw both. Yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't learn about it until now, and I'm like, how do I? How am I only now learning about Ghost Shark? Ghost Shark is is, is quite it's quite unique. <laughs> I think there's not enough like ghost monster movies. I know, right? Like, not like just like oh, it's haunting the house, but like an actual like ghost like phantom thing that'll just kill you instantly. Yeah. I, I do dig those, even, even, especially when they actually are done high quality. But even when they're the done really stupidly. Story, it's because the Great White Shark wants revenge because, like, it got killed. It's like its spirit comes back and it's like, you killed me! Oh, there's my there's my Jaws the Revenge uh, variant movie that yeah. I wanted. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and the funniest thing is that, like, the ghost shark can, you know, appear wherever there's water. And it's just like, but there's water everywhere. I mean, like, in my glass of water right now? Like, in your own body, though. Like, the human body has water. Like, really? Uh, ghost shark. And if it rains, like, how does that work? I don't understand. I think, I think it would just, like, swim through the rain or something. Yeah. Just get washed up, like, from the gutter or whatever. There's also really awkward, like, with the shots, the opposite didn't pay attention, because I remember watching Ghost Shark and getting annoyed because, like, in some of the shots, like, this, there's this guy on the roof, he had a car, and, like, the window's open, and then in another shot, it's, like, closed, and it's open in another shot, but it's, like, all in the same scene. Uh, like, you know, it's the same scene with the car. Yeah. But, like, the window is, like, open and it closed and open, but there's no point where he actually opens or closes it. So I feel like they, like, shot it at weird times and just forgot, like, about the window. It probably was at a point where they're doing some later takes and, like, it's hot in the car. I just open the window. Yeah, yeah. And then no one was thinking of continuity of, oh, hey, guys, uh, uh, we need the windows closed because that's what they were previously. Yeah. Although I figure a lot of these uh, low-budget productions, continuity is the last thing they're thinking about. I think uh, what I've always been told about movies is that uh, the budget isn't about isn't usually so much about this. Well, while it is good for the special effects and getting higher quality actors, money also allows you to have time to shoot. And a lot of these yeah. low-budget ones, it's like, well, we have one week to shoot the entirety of Ghost Shark, so let's just get to it, folks. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, and people are going like, well, it's only an hour and a half movie. I'm like, yeah, except for you got to go to all sorts of different locations. You have to set shots up, which takes forever and a half. And before you know it, you've gotten like, 20 minutes of the movie shot in the course of one whole day. So guess what? You now have 110 minutes, you have uh, 70 more minutes to shoot and only six days to do it in. You know, it's that, that timer will get to you. And so it's it's one of those things where, you know, you got the $100 million budget. Eh, we'll take two months to shoot this, no worries. You got the $100,000 budget. You got the, like, well, let's try to get this done in a week. We might be able to get 10 days out of our budget. <laughs> 
and it's just a completely different uh, way of shooting. And so, you, you, sometimes continuity has to be for, foregone. Sometimes you're shooting in an office building instead of a hotel because you can't afford the rent on the hotel. But here's this office building. They'll just just shoot right here. Let's let's run up some stairs, folks. Um, I hear that's why there's a lot of asylum movies where they just are shooting in some generic forest. Like, oh, this one, they're, they're on an alien planet. Uh, let's go to a forest somewhere. That'll be the alien planet. Um, and, and my joke, of course, of like, oh, let's just go to Arizona and just shoot in the desert real quick. You know, there, there's definitely an, a, a point to... You know, when you're shooting in a location like that, it's a lot cheaper just because you don't have to usually rent the location. You can usually just set up and go. Yeah. I know people who've done college films and stuff like that, and that any cheap location they can get for free, they'll just do it. You know, uh, one of my friends, one of his test reel shots, just to show off uh, some of the special effects work and stuff he can do, he just shot it in a parking garage. Like, I don't know which parking garage it was. He just, just threw it together, had his actress do the little uh, reactions to the monster thing, and then edited in the monster afterwards. And it's this really great thing. And I'm like, you just went to like the parking garage at your work or something, didn't you? And he's like, yep. <laughs> we just we just got together. We found a park. I think it was a parking garage near um, um, Angel Stadium, because there's one there that I think after... After a certain time is free, like after 10 o'clock is, is free, you don't even have to pay to park your car there. Um, or I think it's during a game or something, I don't remember, but I, I've been to that one because if you drive to the top of that parking structure, uh, you can see the fireworks from Angel Stadium, like amazingly close. So I, I think it was that parking structure right by Angel Stadium that he used. Oh wow. But it's one of those things where, yeah, you use the cheapest location you can use. and. You know, the smaller your budget, the cheaper your locations will be. Mm -hmm. And if you're lucky, you have access to, you know, sets from previous movies or something that you can use. Um, I know there's a few movies that have actually done that where, like, um, I think the movie Stargate, I think some of their sets and stuff were actually just previous things done by Universal, I think, did Stargate. Um, it was just, they just had like some handful of like previous sets from like The Mummy or, no, not The Mummy didn't come out yet. It was, it's some, something. I know they reused the sets and stuff because even though that movie did have a large budget, uh, Roland Emmerich was not, you know, uh, Independence Day Roland Emmerich yet. <laughs> so I think I've heard that they reused props and stuff from other, uh, other movies. And it's not an unheard of thing to do. And I'm sure, you know, that as a fan of trauma films, you will not only see reused props, reused costumes, you'll also see reused shots. <laughs> if there's a car chase and you've watched, you watch any two of the movies of car chases, you will see two or three of the same car crashes in those, both those, both those movies. Because <laughs> they're like, well, we can't just trash the cars over and over again. But if we just fix up the car, if we just use that same car we used for that crash and just clean it up a little bit, we can reuse that crash sequence without having to crash it again. <laughs> and they do. You can watch like the car crash from Sergeant Kabuki Man and you can watch it, watch this almost the exact same car chase sequence in um, uh, Toxic Avenger 2 and almost the same car chase sequence in Tromeo and Juliet. It's amazing. Because they just reuse their stuff. And, you know, when you're on a shoestring budget, that's what you gotta do. But yeah, 
yeah, I think we've we've kind of gone on and we're getting very off topic. So, I think uh, I think it's about time to wrap up. We all good for wrapping up? Yeah, we yeah, all good. We're all good. Yeah. Okay. Well. Hopefully we didn't we tried to avoid spoiling the movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Sharknado 2, the second one. It's very fun. I'm sure Sci-Fi Channel will be spamming the heck out of it. So give it a watch. You know, grab yourself some your favorite snack food or a, a alcoholic beverage if you want. Heck, I'm sure there's a drinking game based on it already. So I those uh, shark uh, fruit snacks. I forgot what they were called because I remember they were popular like in the early nineties. Like they were called hammerheads or something. Uh, do they still have those? I think they do. Yeah, get your favorite like shark-themed food if you, if you want, and just enjoy yourself the cheesy fun of Sharknado 2. So until next time, this is Jared for Lee May and Scarlet saying, keep it bizarre because it's hip to be square. This out. I want you inside me oh, oh. Like a tapeworm I pointed to the side of my mouth As a way of indicating Hey, I think you got something On the side of your mouth She licked the corner of her lips As if to say And then the ball stopped at 53rd Street and she got up suddenly Where are you going? Pleaded my eyes, baby, don't you do this to me